You are slipping into a distorted dimension. Reality and fantasy are changing places past the event horizon. Bullies are victims, men are women, and abuse is love. You weren't here just yesterday. Reality is still out there. But to find your way back, you have to notice it. And now, the Disaffected Podcast with Joshua Slocum. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And this show is being recorded to be released on March 9th, 2022. We're going to talk about the sexualization of childhood. We're going to talk about the things that when I was a young man in the 90s, we gay people thought were excuses to silence us, to erase us from public awareness, to deny that we had lives. Things like, well, there was actually a time. There was a time in American public schools, and and my public school career ended in the late 80s. I'm a high school dropout, you guys. Dropped out at 16, immediately got my GED, and then tromped down to the courthouse and got myself an emancipated minorship. Thank you very much. Um, But there was a time when I was in high school where it was verboten. I don't know whether it was legally verboten, but it was certainly culturally verboten for teachers and staff to mention anything to do with homosexuality uh, in any way. I was very frustrated as an out gay teenager in high school and the target of a lot of bullying that teachers would not stand up for me, even the ones who were gay. How did I know they were gay? (laughs) If you'd laid your eyes on Miss Gingold, you wouldn't ask me that. Very frustrating. And I was part of the gay rights movement of that era, and one of the things we wanted to change about society was to make acknowledgement of the reality of homosexuality uh, no longer something dirty or shameful, unable to be spoken about in polite society. This was also during the AIDS crisis, when a lot of people were dying of AIDS, particularly but not only gay men. And I came of age sexually and politically in a time when safe sex was the watchword on everyone's lips. Use a condom. Safe sex. Don't get HIV. Don't transmit it. Apparently that message is all gone too because if you look at what young gay men are doing these days, they think that simply because there's a medication that uh, can, can keep this at bay in most cases that it's fine to be just as promiscuous and and have just as much a lack of care uh, as one wants to do. But today, things are very different. Everything is so goddamn gay that I am starting to feel homophobic. (laughs) Shut up. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about sex. Stop doing it in public. Please, 
please stop doing sex in public. And please, please stop telling me this is part of your self-actualization. It's not. It's sort of it's part of your narcissism. It's part of your exhibitionism. And of course, it's not even mostly gay these days. It's everything queer. It's trans, it's non-binary, it's demigender, it's gender queer, it's asexual. Oh, I'm sorry, not asexual, ace. Ace is the thing, you know. Are you saying ace people aren't, aren't, aren't a thing? Yes, I am saying that. There's no sexuality called not having a sexuality. Maybe you're just not horny. We've all been there. Some of us less than others. Um... But back in those days, there really were very close-minded people, largely on the right wing, who did act as if acknowledging the existence of homosexuality was itself advocating for homosexuality, whatever that meant. That if a teacher were to acknowledge that her partner was a woman or his partner was a man, that this was somehow... a a sin, even though it wouldn't be a sin if you knew that that teacher was married heterosexually. That's what we were reacting to. But what is astonishing to me is it has not been that way in this country for decades now. It's going so far in the other direction, but the people who are still chanting the same chants, still acting as if the 2015 Supreme Court decision legalizing gay marriage didn't happen, acting as if gays are being treated as second-class citizens in this country. Where is this coming from? Because it sure as shit isn't true. Let me give you an example here. And again, we're not yet quite set up to do smooth audio clips on these home podcasts, so I'm going to play it out of my computer speakers, but uh, you should be able to hear it. So this is a really short video that came up from a school in Florida. We're going to talk about House Bill 1557 in Florida. People are calling this the Don't Say Gay Bill. The claim from the left and the mainstream media, and the mainstream media is all the left with the exception of Fox News and some of the smaller, um, excuse me, fringe outlets. They're all calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill. I'm watching, I watched a reporter on Twitter, a reporter with ABC News, one of our biggest national broadcasters, right, uh, putting out her stories about this bill and saying, this is about the don't say gay bill. And I tweeted back at her. I said, why are you saying that? Because this bill doesn't actually say you can't say gay. This is a propaganda point, a political point that is being used falsely against this bill, which says no such thing. Why are you using that frame? You are a reporter. Of course, you're never going to get an answer. Well, this little display from a high school has uh, some kids lined up in a hallway outside of the locker rooms and three women who I would guess are teachers or staff, they're, they look like they're between 35 and 55, are walking arm in arm like they're going down the goddamn yellow brick road and skipping. Uh, listen to their chant. So that's all it was, just a little nine-second clip. Gay, 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 
Gay, gay, gay, gay, gay, gay, shut up. Shut up. They're prancing with big smiles on their face while staff look on them with pleased looks. And of course, the kids who don't know any better with their blue hair. (laughs) Their blue hair and their problem glasses and their excessive facial piercings you know, are surely looking at that and saying, these teachers care about me. These teachers really care about me. I didn't see that. I saw three women in a profession teaching that has been completely taken over by woke, which is a female-enforced social morality system, lapping the attention up for being such good teacher mommies because they're against the don't say gay bill. Let's take a look at the Don't Say Gay bill. It's Florida House Bill 1577. Legislative and statutory analysis has been part of my professional work for 20 years, but you don't need my level of expertise in reading laws to understand what this bill says. It's written in clear, plain, direct English. The definitions are obvious. I'm going to read you the preamble. In accordance with the rights of parents enumerated in, referring to subsections, uh, blah, 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 schools must adopt procedures for notifying a student's parent if there is a change in the student's services, uh, uh, bad uh, Google translation from PDF, uh, related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being and the school's ability to provide a safe and supportive learning environment for the students. The procedures, they're talking about procedures that need to be adopted by public schools, the procedures must reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children by requiring school district personnel to encourage a student to discuss issues relating to his or her well-being with his or her parent or to facilitate discussion of the issue with the parent. The procedures may not prohibit parents from accessing any of their students' education and health records created, maintained, or used by the school. In addition, A school district may not adopt procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about his or her student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, or a change in related services or monitoring, or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information. So what are they talking about here? What they're talking about is the increasingly common practice of American public school districts hiding from parents that a child is telling teachers, staff, and peers that he is transitioning to become a girl or that she is transitioning to become a boy or that he or she is um, non-binary and is using a different gender name or pronoun. Some schools have gone so far as helping young girls get binders, which are compression garments, to flatten their breasts so that they appear more boy-like. None of this should be hidden from parents. 
Why do we even think this is acceptable? Public school teachers and administrators are on social media right now proudly, without, without fear of consequence, proudly telling people that they will keep a child's secret, a child's gender secret, because families may not be safe. This really pisses me off because it's also, it, it's a holdover from my youth. There was a time when, I say this, but now I'm second guessing it. Things were different when I was younger. There was a lot less acceptance of homosexuality. There certainly were many kids who were kicked out of their homes by their parents or in other ways abused for being homosexual. I knew a lot of them. But I don't know if I knew as many as I thought I did. How much of that was my self-selected peer group? How common was that generally? I don't actually know. And now I wonder if that itself was exaggerated. And even if it weren't, how do you make a decision? How do you make an ethical decision as a teacher, a counselor, somebody who is in charge of children uh, during the times when their parents aren't there? How do you make a decision about withholding that information based on the chance that a parent may react badly? I don't know the answer to that question. But things have changed, and there are very few, at least very few cases that make it to anybody's attention these days of of parents who are throwing their kids out for being gay. Now, of course, because the trans ideology is parasitic. It's not its own thing. It's not organic. It's not just something that was naturally added on to the gay rights movement because these people who believe that they are the opposite sex are a natural part of our constituency. They are not. I have nothing in common with someone who is living with the delusion that she is in the wrong body. That is not who my people are. We are not confused about reality. We are not telling other people that we are something we are not. And we are certainly not demanding that other people tell us we are stunning and brave and beautiful simply because we exist. But today, uh, people act as if this is just as common as it used to be. And as a result, we are seeing public schools that are facilitating emotional harm to children and they're not telling parents. They are keeping their children's special opposite sex name secret from parents. Some of them are actually putting up ironically, closets where uh, the student can put his or her real gender clothes and change into them at school. I'm sorry, but if your child in your classroom is a girl who says she's a boy and demands that other people treat her as a boy, you are looking at a child that has signs of mental difficulty at the very least. Some of it's peer pressure, but vulnerable kids, emotionally vulnerable kids, and gullible kids, persuadable kids, are the ones who are going to flock to this first. And yes, 
some of them are coming from troubled homes too. And and I guess that, that makes me question, again, what I think we should do as a matter of public policy. Um, but I can't, I can't, I've seen too many instances of parents who are good parents, caring parents, who are deprived of this information about their children. And lo and behold, the children end up on the other side of that being facilitated into puberty blockers and eventually cross-sex hormones, which sterilize and severely damage the body because the parents were considered to be the enemy and the school district acted as if they actually owned the child. We're at the halfway mark, so we're going to take a break, but we'll pick it up on the other side. Kevin and Josh work themselves to the bone to bring you dark and disturbing content every week. There are starving listeners overseas who get no podcasts at all. Show appropriate gratitude today by making a donation at patreon.com forward slash disaffected or at subscribestar.com forward slash disaffected. Do it for mother. All right, let's finish up with the alleged don't say gay bill. So here are the two portions of the bill that people are focusing on. You tell me, well, if you could, (laughs) I know you can't talk back to me. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) Answers on a postcard. Um, What does this sound like to you? Quote, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards, end quote. How is that don't say gay? It isn't. It says classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three. It also says it may not occur if it is delivered in a way that is not age or developmentally appropriate. There's nothing in here about don't say gay. That is a lie. It's a lie from a lot of people who know that it's a lie, but I would guess that the majority of of outraged citizens and parents who believe, they do believe this. They haven't read this bill. This bill depending on how it's formatted, is either four or seven pages long. It's double-spaced. It's not a difficult read. It's not a long read. I read it in five minutes to get ready for the show. It's not difficult. You may read it for yourself, and I encourage you to do so. This is what happens when people rely on the mainstream media. They just make stuff up. They call it something that is politically charged, And liberals, including those who genuinely do care, who genuinely want to see the world be a better and softer place for people who are hurting or people who are in trouble, lap it up for a couple of reasons. Number one, it because it does appeal to people's sense of morality and fairness, right? If you are a person who believes that sexual minorities, other minorities, face barriers, and that we need to take those away so that people can participate fully 
in whatever way that means in life, in scholastic achievement, whatever it is, this is going to appeal to you. But it also appeals to some less savory and less altruistic parts of ourselves and parts of ourselves that were on display by those three teachers who are prancing down the hallway saying, gay, gay, gay. It appeals to our narcissism. There is an awful lot of narcissism wrapped up in do-gooding. People who think of themselves as saving the world from every evil they can think of. And people are complicated. People can be both altruistic and self-interested. That's normal. We humans are mixed creatures. But we tend to forget that there can be a selfish and self-regarding and self-aggrandizing motivation to participating in these political stunts. It's not all just because we love the world as much as we do. In a similar vein, I want to turn to something that's going on in Kentucky. And this is representative of so many instances of inappropriate sexualization of children and youth that is being done by people in jobs that we used to think we could trust. Frankly, the female professions, teaching, counseling, libraries. I talked about librarians on the past, uh, excuse me, on on this week's TV show. This comes from uh, Christopher Rufo, uh, who's an activist. And he writes, he's got a picture of four women here. And they're all between 25 and 35. They're all white. They're all overweight. Three of them have, no, two of them have uh, what some people call problem glasses. One of them has blue lipstick. Another one has drag queen makeup on. They all give off that aura. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know this kind of woman. She's not, she wouldn't call herself a teacher if she were a teacher. She's an educator or an early childhood educator. She's very, very woke. She cares so much about her students. She's their mommy when they're in her classroom. These women are giving lessons at a summer camp. Here's what Christopher Rufo wrote. These women are running a, quote, sexy summer camp for children in rural Kentucky with lessons on sex liberation, gender exploration, BDSM, that is bondage and discipline and sadomasochism, being a sex worker, self-managed abortions, and sexual activity while using licit and illicit drugs. Now, I know the objection that somebody wants to scream at their speaker right now. Well, maybe maybe it's for 18 and up. Maybe it's for, for older. It isn't. They go to great lengths to use the phrase all ages in their promotional materials. In fact, one of them uh, maybe I'll show the clip on the TV show. One of them filmed herself sitting there outside of her house, repeating the phrase all ages and talking about how she encourages her children in camp to learn about masturbation because it feels good. Let's take a look at the curriculum at this summer camp for all ages. Here's a table. Oh my God. I wish you could see this. The title at the top of the table, again, has one of those crudely drawn cartoons. It's a picture of an ass. 
and it says sexy sex ed, sexy summer camp schedule. Let's go through it. Oh, if you want to look at this yourself, the website is sexysexed.org. So on Tuesday, we have a workshop on sex with me, a self-pleasure workshop. Participants will explore personal views on self-pleasure as well as learn techniques to make the most out of their masturbation experience. (laughs) I feel like I'm writing, I'm reading a commercial. This workshop will include discussion, games, and some hands-on practice on hands. Oh, dear God. Okay, next one is reproductive health. Uh, none of which sounds very controversial, assuming that you're talking about very late teenagers, at least. Gender diversity workshop. Participants will learn about sex assigned at birth, biological sex, wait, does that exist? And gender identity and how and why they might be different from what we learned in school. They will examine gender labels and how they are used, how we can say... How we say can harm, how what we say can harm or uplift others, and how to be compassionate and encourage others to do the same. Did you hear that? Isn't that sweet? How to be compassionate? Because being compassionate just means being accepting of everybody, you know, and just not judging. Just not judging. It's all good. You do you. And oh, honey, they've got everything but the kitchen sink in here. One of them is. Workshop on oversexualization and policing of blackness. Conveniently, there's no description. Then we have sexy trans sex ed. Sex ed for trans folks, focusing on language, affirmation, as well as creating spaces for gender exploration and euphoria through sex. Topics will include pre sex discussion, language, body diversity masturbation, sexually transmitted infections, gender exploration and affirmation, BDSM, and more. (laughs) Well, gosh, how could I ask for anything more? That sounds like a humdinger already. (laughs) These people are so fucking creepy. (laughs) Here's an interesting one. Self-managed abortion info share. Now, You can have a variety of opinions on abortion. You can have a variety of opinions on self-induced abortions. These are appropriate topics for adults, especially adult women, the ones going to be most affected by this, to talk about. But what is it doing at a camp for all age children? Here's the description. Using the World Health Organization's listed protocols and SASs, yes, it says SASs, Oh, the parenthetical, self-managed abortion, safe and supported. (laughs) Does it give you cross-your-heart protection for 24 hours, too? So using that information, we'll provide information about self-managed abortion to reduce self-managed abortion stigma, reduce any negative health impact associated with unsafe abortion methods, and to ensure self-managed abortions are medically and legally as safe as possible. Again, a reasonable set of concerns for adult women to discuss. But you know what it's really about. 
all of this, let's make it safe. Let's let's make sure that, that women have the right information. That's the cover for what they really want. And what they really want is reducing stigma. Reduce the stigma about self-managed abortions. Everything's about reducing stigma. Do you know what reducing stigma means? It means getting rid of any standards, getting rid of any critical judgment, getting rid of any discernment. Any negative feedback is considered stigmatizing. And if a thing is stigmatizing, that means it's harmful and it's bad. Nothing should be stigmatized. Remember how we were talking recently about the borderline apologists who want to get rid of all the stigma or the people who think that personality disorders don't exist at all. They're just stigmatizing labels for traumatized people. (laughs) Maybe I should make that into a product line. Stigmatized labels for traumatized people. Uh, We've got a few more here. For some reason, we're talking about eugenics and Appalachia. Um, Cycle track. Oh, oh, here's a good one. Again, for children. The three P's. Pee, poop, and pleasure. Oh, my God. I, you know what? I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to read the description myself, let alone tell it to you. I don't want to know. Last one. Navigating sex, pleasure, and liberation as a differently abled person. Differently abled. Not handicapped. Not disabled. No, 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 no. There is nothing, nothing, nothing you can't do. There's no such thing as a disability. You're just differently abled. That's all. In this workshop, I will give information, tips, advice, etc. to folks who are differently abled in parents like myself. Yeah, we know it's all about you, honey. And on the road to sex liberation, discovering their bodies, being a sex worker or hiring sex workers, navigating relationships, and more. Why are we talking to children about a career in prostitution or being a John. Why are we talking about this to anybody? Seriously. Jesus Christ. These people are in fact after your children. They are after your children. And you know what? It's mostly women. It's mostly females of a particular sort. I'm not saying most women are doing this. Most women aren't doing this. Most people think this is insane and wouldn't do it. But this is a gynocratic project. All of this. Well, that's what I've got to say today. Thanks for joining me, folks. I'll see you soon. Well, hello, listener. It's Mommy again. You're quite welcome for the fine programming. Why don't you show some gratitude? Send Mommy some money on Patreon. Patreon.com slash disaffected. Or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. You wouldn't want Mommy to starve, would you? And if you don't love your dear mother, you're not invited to find us on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey for our hottest weekly content. I guess this is goodbye. Forever. Forever.